Hello, everybody. It's Alex again from the Remote Work Life Podcast. I hope you're doing well. I have another exceptional guest with me today. I have Alex Denning, who is the founder um, of Ellipsis Marketing. Now, Ellipsis is a digital marketing agency for WordPress businesses. And their clients are WordPress product businesses and WordPress agencies. And I want to say a big thank you, Alex, to you for joining me today on the Remote Work Life podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excellent. And as I always do, um, I'm quite inquisitive when it comes to getting to know my guests. I want to know their backstory. How do they, how do they get to where they are now? So Alex, uh, please tell us, tell us how did you get to uh, becoming a, the founder of Ellipsis? Sure. Um, so I have been working remotely full-time for the last four years now. Um, and I've been running Ellipsis for most of that time. Um, as you mentioned, we live in like the WordPress ecosystem. Um, so WordPress powers a third of the internet. Um, and there's a big ecosystem of uh, products and agencies, products and services around that. Um, and those businesses help people do more stuff with their websites. Um, so like on the agency side, for example, um, so like all of Facebook's non Facebook product stuff runs on WordPress. Um, and one of our clients like handles that for them, uh, on the product side, like, I don't know, you might want a contact form and then you can, uh, post the plugin to do that. Or you might want a contact form which integrates with your CRM and does a whole bunch of automation stuff and also lets you sell stuff and you can see how it uh, gets out of hand quite quickly. That's where we live. That's what we do. Um, how did I end up here? I, I guess by accident because um, I like solving problems. Um, and yeah i get to solve them all day and people pay me money for them so always oh, good I'd, I'd, I'd been involved in like the wordpress space for a long time um so i knew a lot of people around there so i uh started off just doing bits of work freelance um and it was stuff i enjoyed doing and then i was as a freelancer i was booked out the whole time so at that point it was either like do you do that forever maybe put your rates up a bit um I decided that I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be able to solve more problems for people. Um, so that's why I started the agency. And WordPress, I didn't realize it was a third of the internet that WordPress powers at the minute. I'm a big WordPress fan myself. It's just such an intuitive piece of, well, actually, you know what? I mean, it's, it's intuitive to me. Maybe that's because I'm in it quite often. I'm not a programmer or anything like that, but I can actually get work my way around it now that I've been in it for years. But it's one of those things that is just so relatively easy to understand for a newbie once you sort of get your head around it. Would you a say? A big problem, a big project that uh, we, the community, have been working on. It's, it's open source, so like uh, everyone can contribute. Um, a big problem we have been working on is how to make this initial experience a lot better. Um, so last year, I guess the end of the year before that. Uh, it was WordPress 5, there was a new editor, um, which has still some teething issues, but going forwards, that's going to make that a lot easier to do. Um, and the, the market that everyone's interested in, um, 
is the the small business with no website um because that's how a lot of people get started and those obviously sometimes turn into bigger businesses um or even just medium-sized ones um and it's that initial experience that uh, we're trying to work on so yeah, you're, I, I could tell you didn't want to say it. it's hard to use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say that. I mean, it, it, it is think, at times, and we're working on it, yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to use. Don't bother using it. Just go to Alex, and he'll sort you out, basically, is what we're trying to say. But I think w what's so attractive about WordPress, where small businesses is a, con business is a concern, is the, I suppose, the barrier to entry, well, if you look beyond the tech, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good, and it's, you can bolt things on and it's scalable and you can make it look really professional if you're working with the right people so uh yeah exactly so so we don't make websites our clients are the people who make the stuff that you yeah. can bolt on um yeah. so yeah we're all all working on that yeah so alex is the guy that can really sort of yeah um do all the singing and dancing in terms of the the marketing behind all of that and but I think, yeah, WordPress is, I love WordPress. What can I say? Anyway, well, Alex, I mean, I noticed as well from looking, obviously I've done my, my background research on you. You did a, you did a degree in, in politics and international studies, and you've had quite an interesting journey since, since then. Tell us a bit more about that. I, I'm especially interested in, in Miniclip. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I did a degree in politics. Um, I have never really used it. I guess it like taught me how to like think critically. Um, I do use that a lot. So like, I can I can write very long things. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was useful. Um, before that though, I uh, worked at miniclip.com, um, which is now a mobile games company. At the time, it was a web games company. Um, and yeah, it was for like free casual games. Um, years ago, miniclip.com was uh, like the, the place where you'd spend your lunch breaks. <laughs> um, and I got that job because I knew someone from the WordPress community who was their director of web development, who, uh, long story short, I now co-author a weekly newsletter with. Um, wow. And he doesn't, he also works remotely now and, and doesn't work at Miniclip as well. Oh, to so, show you. Yeah, I, did their, I did their social media, um, which is cool. And that I learned a lot about that. That was uh, a, an office job in London. Um, and, yeah, it was my job to keep the, the community updated about uh, the stuff we're doing with our games. That taught me a lot about like the working in a results-orientated environment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, it was good fun. And in terms of you, obviously made your progress now. Where you, I suppose, you went more and graduated towards the entrepreneurial side of things. You had. WordPress WP Shout, which looks like again a very much a strong WordPress connection there, and tell us a bit about that. And then after actually, actually you've told us about after you've told us about that, tell us about your typical clients at the moment. Sure. Um, 
So Don't Be Shout is a WordPress development tutorial blog. Um, and it's still going today, although I haven't run it for, I think like six or seven years. Um, and yeah, it teaches people WordPress development. When I was first figuring out stuff with WordPress, uh, I wanted to know how to do things and I couldn't find that. Um, and being quite naive at the time, I thought, oh, I know I can figure this out and I know all the answers. Um, so I made that website. Um, and that was where I first like got to see what like growing an audience looked like and all that stuff. Um, and that was really helpful earlier on for just figuring stuff out. So that's also where like a lot of the WordPress connections come from. So even though that was like seven years ago, you kind of draw a straight line through there. To, that was how I knew Bennett Miniclip. And here we are. <laughs> and you haven't looked back since. And now you're working you established yourself as a freelance worker. How was that transition from freelance to, to um, business owner? Yeah, so um, as I said, I was, as a freelancer, I was booked out all the time. Um, it was just a good problem to have, but still a problem. Um, so I knew I wanted to be able to solve more problems and that meant growing a team. Um, to start with, I just gradually started working with freelancers on individual projects. Um, and then over time, uh, started getting a bit more revenue and just took things very slowly. Um, there are four of us now, um, we're currently hiring number five. Um, and we're now at a point where we can pick that up quite quickly um because we've got all the structures in place but it, it yeah it took a while to to really get used to it i had to i now don't know what's going on with client in work. the best possible um, way yeah uh but it took me like uh, i guess a year 18 months to be okay with that um we're now at a point where i can totally trust my team to get on with stuff um and I guess it wasn't I didn't trust them before. It was that I just needed to let it go. <laughs> it's funny um, because, funny because yeah. we had just had a conversation with um, a, a, another remote working practitioner who's been in the game for quite a while, Pilar Oti. And she was literally, words you've just described there, the words you've just uh, articulated are just exactly what she said in, in terms of letting go and just allowing yeah. the team to get on with it. Uh, something that a kind of big, uh, really useful book I read last year, it's the last year, um, it's called High Output Management. Um, it's by the former president of Intel. Um, there's one thing in that he was uh, saying that he's this analogy where I, I want to delegate to you holding these scissors and you give your team member the scissors, but then you hold on to them by the top so they can't take them. And then you right. say, well, why didn't you take, why aren't you holding the scissors? I, it's because you haven't let go of the scissors. And I just read that and thought, oh, that's me. <laughs> I like that analogy though, because it just- Yeah, it's good, it's good. It has everything all in one go. I mean, if you don't let go of the scissors, how are they supposed to get on with things and start the, the, the work? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> after uh, I, you know, let go of being responsible for holding the scissors, then we can start to make a bit of progress. <laughs> Excellent. So what's the makeup of your team now? You said so, you've got four yeah, in the team. 
yeah so um we have a head of content and conversions um and natasha leads our content and conversion focused projects um so that's our like regular content marketing stuff um which is a, probably most of our work day to day as well as our copy projects and recently we've had an email into the mix as well um because again it was just responding to what people were asking us for um and people were asking us for email or other people were, weren't doing their email and it was a really good opportunity so we figured we needed to step in for people mm -hmm. um uh kaylee's our seo specialist she's our seo content manager so she does um our specialist seo stuff and also a lot of the content process um and she joined the seller this year um as well as had just more capacity and expertise um around us here which has been great so far um and then peter handles our promotion and outreach stuff we're currently hiring a conversions manager um who's gonna uh, just add more capacity um for our conversion focused projects mm -hmm. okay um, conversions okay yeah that's good i mean what i'd suggest as well if that is you if you're listening out there and you are a conversions manager or have worked in CRO? Yeah. Yeah. CRO, we, that we, kind of use, we stopped using CRO because our clients didn't know what it meant. Yeah, exactly. CRO, if you, if you know what that word means, um, then you're probably the person for this job. So what I urge you to do is get across to um, Ellipsis, Ellipsis's website, which is getellipsis.com. And have a look before you reach out and speak to yeah. anybody or apply to the job or anything like that. Look at the website. Something I should do, which I haven't done, is we don't have a careers page. So if you want to actually apply, uh, it's on com. I'll tell you what, though, there's, there's so many small businesses that don't have a careers page. But I think just as important as the career, having a careers page is, have, is having the content so that people can understand what the business is about. And yeah. So we and do have that and we're so small that when people tell me that they've been following us for a long time in their cover letters, I just don't believe them. So there's a tip for you. Don't just uh, put that into your cover letter, make it a bit more, pay a bit more attention to, to detail. And I think it would help as well if you know a thing or two, I guess, about WordPress, I'd assume. Yeah. Although that's not actually, that's not as essential as, you would think we can teach the wordpress stuff i want the like marketing expertise okay well big clue for you there i mean it's, it's not every day that you get to hear the founder or the the owner of a business talk about the kind of person that they want in the job so it's a massive clue for you there if you're you're out there listening and you need need work at the moment so check out get ellipsis.com and the team's content seo promotions and outreach and you're that conversions person who's just waiting to apply to this to this job. Yeah. Let me okay. Know. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. So, in terms of so we've got uh, we've talked a bit about ellipsis and how it's all got together and a little bit uh, I suppose in a, a little while we're going to talk about what this podcast was really what I really want to talk about with this podcast because mm -hmm. Alex is really focused on 
really being able to focus while working. And I know that's a, a big problem, especially for people who are new to remote work, but it's not exclusively to that, um, to those sorts of people because remote work has its challenges in terms of work. And in the, I guess in the climate that we're living in now, we're not going to obviously go too much into that, but in the climate that we're living in now, I myself am at home. Believe it or not, I'm at home with my kids. You would you would never know. <laughs> but I'm mixing homeschooling with with work. So I'm trying to really put slots in place where I can do the homeschooling, which we did a bit in the morning, and then focus on my work and then other stuff around that. So Alex, I hope, can help me in terms of understanding what's called deep working. Have you ever heard that expression before? Deep working. So we're going to focus a bit on that in a moment. But before we go to that, I want to talk a bit more about your team, Alex, in terms of what, because I mean, I know there's some obviously managers out there, they're listening in terms of how they've gone from being in a co-located scenario to now being in a scenario where they're forced to work remotely and they've had some challenges challenges themselves or having some challenges themselves what challenges you have when you were first starting out other than you, you mentioned the the trust issue and the letting go issue are there any other challenges that you had yeah so um i, th I do think that doing remote work is hard i think it's really good but i also think it's hard um and it's it took me like, like years to get properly uh into a into a rhythm that really works long term so if yeah there's a like, as we're recording this there's a global pandemic going on mm -hmm. and uh if you are working from home for the first time um or you may do it, normally do it one or two days a week um and now you're doing it all the time it is going to be a shock and my fear is that uh unless uh yeah, I guess unless people uh, take the, I feel I feel like people might have a bad time, and that would be bad. And that instead of this being a great remote work opportunity, people might experience it for the first time and think it's rubbish. Um, yeah, yeah. And then go back to it. It is hard, and it does require adapting. Um, there is a couple of things that we do. So this deep work idea is a thing that I like personally am a big fan of. Um, we structure our communication asynchronously um whether you want to do that for working from home for two months i don't know because it requires like to, uh, i guess if you if you communicate differently it requires a totally different way of working of course. so we use Basecamp, um and that means that it is set up for asynchronous communication i.e you you uh everything's on a task and when you need something you can say what you need on that task it then goes to whoever you've sent it to and they've got the time to write like a, a proper response when it suits them um rather than just sending off pings through slack or whatever um, and demanding uh attention immediately that lets people like we talk about protecting attention um, and respond when they're able to. For me, that, is, that unlocks like the, the, the big benefit of uh, remote work, which is 
you can set up your day to be able to focus how you want to do if you've got to deal with uh like teaching your kids in the morning then you can set aside the time later on um to make the progress that's really interesting um we'll talk about that more in a second one of the other things though that we have done that has been um really good and i don't know that that many remote uh companies do it we sat down to try and work out what was good and bad about being remote um and one of the things you do lose is kind of just spontaneous collaboration yes so we just tried to work out how to add that back in so we ended up with a monthly co-working day so we specifically set aside a day where we specifically co-work um, and we do screen sharing and we do a group call um, and I'll do a team update to start with and then we'll go through some general issues and then if if we've got specific things to work through even if we don't need everyone there we've got everyone there and then that creates the opportunities for um, the more random collaboration you might get in an office you also lose some like uh, general chats harder yeah definitely yeah so we because we don't if you slack maybe you can have a general channel and or like a random channel and do that kind of thing there um as we don't that's a bit harder so solution again we just schedule a monthly call which we just have a chat um i know some people do that weekly because we're in different time zones we found that monthly work better um so yeah, everything, everything that like you that. do is everything that you do asynchronous then given that you're in different well, so even we default, that you're in different time zones so uh we default to asynchronous um it probably sounds a lot more efficient than it is in that i haven't looked at base camp since we started recording but as soon as we finished i will check it <laughs> um and if, if anyone needs anything from me, I will respond to that immediately. Basecamp also does have one-to-one -one chat as well as group chat. Um, and we do use those a fair bit. In general though, the like general approach is to uh, respond asynchronously. Um, and when you do need that time to, to say, I'm doing something else, I'm not gonna respond to stuff. Uh, that's absolutely fine. No, I get it. And I, I it's, I hear what you're saying as well about the adaptation and I, I am slightly worried as well in terms of the, the, the actual, you mentioned the pandemic because um, the, originally the kind of posts that you were seeing across social media were, okay, so now that we're, we're being forced to work remotely, everybody's going to see the benefits of working remotely, but that's not necessarily the case because there's so many, there's, there is a period of adaptation. And you know, my fear is that people may kind of shy away from it because of the, this whole experience. There's just everything on top of them all at once. When you know that this experience that we're, we're in, I, I guess we're in now, to me, is not really a true reflection of what it is to to be able to work remotely because you have so much more freedom than than you do right at this moment. You know, so yeah, yeah. So I'm working from home right now. I normally go to a co-working space. Even that's uh, that's just like going to an office, and I spend my mornings there, and I cycle in, and it's nice. 
being at home all the time, I don't like doing that. And I said, I like, took some time to adapt. What, getting a co-working space was actually one of the things that uh, took that time um, and was really helpful. So if you're listening to this because you're having a crisis, just give it a bit more time. Yeah, give it that. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd second that because it's just, it, you shouldn't be stuck in one room or one place you should have a bit of variety there but yeah we can't because of the way things are at the moment but okay well yeah i mean similar challenges i mean don't just think you're alone in terms of the challenges as, you, as you've heard alex has had his challenges it's, it's taken him a while to adapt it took me a while to adapt as well um so i i just think the best thing to do is just talk to somebody who who has either had similar challenges to yourself or just, just talk, just, just um, talk about them. And, and like Alex did, he, they talked about, you know, the, what the benefits are and what remote work is all about. And I think that communication in itself, getting it out into the open can actually uh, at least start to remedy the situation. You know? Yeah, but for sure. In terms of the, in terms of, you know, let's, let's talk pre pandemic um yeah what if what effect did remote work have on your uh, on your your life in general so i guess the main thing is that uh the most like practical thing is that my wife needed to move for work like two years ago and sure no problem and if uh i'd been stuck somewhere else that would have been really difficult having that uh flexibility is huge and if she needs to move again like i guess i miss my co-working space but uh i'm sure they have me back or i can find another one is those i can work from anywhere that's the big one um and yeah i mean internally we talk a lot about like setting the environment that you need personally to be able to do really good work um and that is uh yeah i mean that's like what that's one of the things that really motivates me is like having a really good impact having to do really good stuff um and yeah this like deep work idea we've touched on is one of the ways that i personally find really effective for me to be able to do that um like I guess I run a remote business and that's pretty cool. Well, <laughs> I think if we'd have to, if we'd have to get an office or whatever, I like, that's a whole different world. I don't know how to lease an office. I don't want to know how to lease an office. <laughs> I don't blame you with all the costs and all that sort of thing. But if you're comfortable in that environment, which everybody's not, not everybody's comfortable with remote work, with remote work, but if you are, then do it. Okay, well, I mean, as we've touched on deep work, let's let's get into the whole topic of deep work because this could provide you with some some ideas in terms of uh, not just the scenario you're in at the moment, but your future, how you can apply it to to your work in general. Not you know, so let's let's get into that, shall we? What what does it mean? What does deep work mean? And sure, yeah, so, let's do that uh, one. Deep work is like. Uh, thesis by a computer science professor called Cal Newport um, in which he argues that being able to focus um, for sustained periods of time is a increasingly a competitive advantage. 
um, and that we've forgotten how to do it and people mainly do so-called shallow work which is um, he defines as things that aren't hard and or you could easily train someone to do in say six months um, whereas a deep work is a thing that provides these, these outside returns for, and it is something that specifically you can do no one else can do um, and that's where you really drive value and yeah I came across this idea uh, when I was starting to work remotely that's um, really shaped how I do it it is not especially complex that's basically it he has written a book on it um, which I probably recommend but it's like okay <laughs> And, and it, the, the book's good because it, it, it repeats the message so much. Um, if you just got it from that brief summary, then you're all good. <laughs> well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll leave any sort of resources that we talk about in the show notes because I think this is useful. This is really not, it's useful. Yeah. So I'll leave that in the show notes. What I wanted to ask as well about, I mean, obviously we're on this segment now about deep work. What, are there any particular sorts of tasks that deep work is suited to, or is it just generally across the board? Yeah, so um, what Cal recommends is splitting up your deep and shallow work. Um, I also mix in another book recommendation, uh, something called a book called Work Clean, uh, which is actually about how chefs organize their uh, workstations. And one of the ideas in that book is, is process time. Um, and if, if you're a chef, like you, you need to chop up your veg before, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you got to chop up your veg before you do the other chef stuff. Chef really are you on the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so in, in practical terms, that, that just that idea from that book was really helpful um, in say, I schedule in, say after lunch half an hour process time and that's where i deal with my emails that's how i go on slack and check um any wordpress stuff so i go on twitter um and respond to anything that needs like under five minutes say anything over that is your deep work um and i guess you might need to so like sending a specific hard email could be one bit of deep work i've got to write a proposal um you might specifically schedule that in um say we're working on say i'm working on some strategy stuff for a client um i like to work out the whole day for that and i don't have any process time on those days and that means that when you say have your lunch you've like got the opportunity to take a break but also maybe you come up with the extra ideas which are going to move the needle for the client right and that deep work Oh, yeah, you've kind of given a good a good view of that. So it could be anything. I suppose it's not necessarily a standard time, but anything over that. Anything that is not quick work, essentially, something that requires you to really sort of focus, sit yeah. down, and really. Um, Let's call it twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Okay. It's an email that requires a, a, a like just a response then that's ideal candidate for your process time mm -hmm. um if it's something that requires more thought it's something to set aside so the big advantage of that is uh that you are much more effective with 
what when you are doing stuff so it's not oh i see an email i reply and it interrupts me and i get back to doing whatever i was doing before is you because you focus all your attention and don't have these distractions available um it means that you're able to get them much more rich insights and better results that only you can get um and that's why it's so powerful and what are your you how do you go about achieving an in, achieving uh, an environment i don't know achieving yeah so your environment for deep work so um i need to know i'm not going to be distracted that's a good one um i know a lot of people use noise cancelling headphones i actually use like commercial ear defenders okay uh, <laughs> that is really focusing oh my gosh yeah uh because i couldn't i just couldn't find any noise cancelling headphones i like <laughs> so i'll put those on um so if, I, if i'm at the co-working space for example i found i wasn't getting good deep work there and it was because there was too much happening so i needed to block out sounds and i now sit in the corner <laughs> so i just know i'm not going to be distracted um if i am at home like i just find having headphones on helps just a personal thing um and yeah i mean it's like the system has taken me is, is always evolving i have a, I have a, a daily planner which has hours and I block out um, process time and deep work time in that. So I know like after this call, I'm going to do this. Um, as we discussed, I'm realistically going to respond to my base account messages. And then I've got something else to do. Um, that removes a lot of friction because uh, the next action you've got to take is uh, kind of automated. There's no, the procrastination happens when you're not sure what to do next. Mm -hmm. So this just makes it easy to realize what you've got to work on. Um, part of the deep work stuff is taking breaks as well. Um, so I take a lot of breaks and I eat a lot of food because mm. I found that's what I need to uh, be able to do this stuff effectively. For a while, the focusing is tiring. And for a while, I like, get to half past five and I just want to sit on the sofa all evening. That's no use. So uh, I now take a slightly longer lunch break and like, have more to eat and the, you know, that's fixed it. But Do you find that you get more done then than you used to before deep work? For sure, yeah. Um, I now, for one of my things for this year is actually do less work. Um, so I've cut my hours slightly. Um, and I'm pretty sure that I get more done, yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you also i guess for this then to work you also have to your team has to know when you've got these sections of right, work exactly yeah right so if if you were working on a in a business where uh fast responses were valued um this would be tricky or you'd have to set you'd have to clearly set boundaries so like 10 till 12 in the morning like uh, I'll get back to you after lunch or whatever. And that time um, is my set aside time. There are ways like that you could deal with it. I know some people put it on their calendars um, when they're dealing with uh, protecting their time like that. Mm -hmm. And that also lets your team know 
what's happening. Um, so one of the things that, well, or I guess one of the things that I get to do because I am my boss is that, that I can set those expectations internally. Um, and it's like, I, we trust you to get on with stuff. Um, don't, we need to keep stuff moving, but it's a balance. And is, is deep work then, a, is that something that you think that, because like you said, it may not, it may suit some businesses, it may suit, it may not. But if, if you are in that, if, if that is part of your, I suppose your culture, I guess in many ways, um, is it something that everybody needs to be um, doing or does it suit some people and not others, I guess? Yeah, so this is something that works for me um, and I'm happy to preach it, but it's not something that's going to work for everyone. With all this like, productivity stuff, it's all about working out what works for you and having a continually evolving system, I think. Before I did this, I had like other stuff and there's, there's, there's no shortage of advice on the internet about how to do your work. Yeah. Often from people who don't, who aren't doing their own work. Yeah. Because they're writing the advice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I'm hesitant to, I, I don't think anything works for everyone. Um, I think deep work can work for, uh, pretty much every like knowledge business and I suspect so and the example this is something that comes up in the book the examples of where there is pushback if you're thinking oh that I, I can't do that because I have these special circumstances my clients need to hear back from me faster Cal talks about this in the book like they probably don't would your does your client want to have an email responded to within five minutes or is half an hour okay and they get better results as a result they'll take the better results course and i suppose that's what remote work is 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 all about is the, is the outcomes is the is the results so it, yeah it's, not, it's all about freedom and like maybe you're maybe you're working from a different time zone or whatever yeah you know it's those are some of the, the nice things that currently we can't leave our houses we don't get but <laughs> normal times that's uh yeah what remote actually looks like and I mean, uh, you talked about your whole, your process. Do you have a like a typical day then in terms of, is, yeah, it, I, is it hyper-structured? I do the same thing every single day. I was going to say, yeah, you're, you sound like you, you structure everything to, to the end, to the yeah, end degree like, in many ways. My, some of my team uh, don't, and one of, Peter travels a lot. Um, I don't work and travel because I just can't. Um, yeah, I do the same thing every day. And uh, I just find that helps me. That's what works for me. It may not work for everyone. And I think it, you're right. And I think that that's what it comes down to. It comes down to what works for you. But I mean, in that sense, you can also, you can also have a hybrid, I suppose, where you're doing a bit of deep work and you're doing a bit of shallow work or you know working how you want to work if you see what i mean so it doesn't necessarily have to be deep work throughout the whole day or or a certain set structure or criteria throughout the whole day i think i wanted to get alex on and talk about deep work is deep work because i want you to, to i suppose be familiar with it and aware of of a method of of doing better work and listen to his strategies as well and his mindset about about getting things 
things done. And I, 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 when I come to think of it now, I do have periods. I did where, even though I didn't know it, where I do do deep work. Although what I need probably need to do is have more focus periods, especially now, because I'm still getting to grips with the whole homeschooling plus <laughs> plus work scenario. So I'm going to sort of start to really sort of well have started to designate areas of my calendar to do focus pieces of work and then you know mixing it in with other yeah. stuff as well you know no, excellent do you want to talk do you want to talk tools quickly and yeah let's talk tools yeah let's talk about tools let's talk about tools go for it in terms sure. of the, the tools right. that I've, you like, I've tried literally everything so here's the kitchen so um i've got this thing here this is a timeula okay uh, timeula like it's a little like uh eight-sided dice essentially but it's uh you put what you're doing to like this one says email you oh. put it you're doing on your desk and then it connects to your computer via bluetooth and then it tracks your time wow okay pretty Timula. simple like you could just this costs like 50 quid you could just make it get a dice and write some things on it and that would be fine um the real benefit of this is it it makes you consciously say i'm doing this now and then you put it down and then your computer goes, time started tracking. That's pretty cool. Oh, that is very cool. Who makes that? Do you know? Is it? Is it... Uh, I think it's, it's an independent company. If you Google Timeula, you'll find Time it. Timeula. Okay, I'll have a look for that. Never come across that in my life. Okay, that's a Timeula. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I use a Mac app called Focus, which I think is like heyfocus.com uh, for blocking cool. websites. That was a huge thing to start with i don't use that so much anymore all of these like block your facebook news feed block your twitter whatever it is um if you're in the habit of constantly checking stuff then having a thing to stop you from checking it is very helpful um and there are, i'm sure there are like chrome versions or windows versions or whatever um i i have a kitchen timer on my desk <laughs> So uh, if I want to do something for an hour, like put it on for an hour, I just find like the, the ticking reminds me to <laughs> keep focused. No, I tell you what, back, certain background noises can be stimulating in that sense and ticking. That's, so that's another thing about setting intentions. It's like, I'm going to do this for half an hour, off yeah. we go. And then when you get to half an hour and it rings, <laughs> you know you've either done it or you haven't. In which case, you can <laughs> deal with that then. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just like in general, I don't have like email open other than when it's processing time. Um, that was Slack open, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. I'm guessing um, you don't you don't have things like your your social open, obviously, and news. I suppose the temptation nowadays is to be constantly, especially if people who are not used to working from home, is to be constantly checking on the news. Yeah, I actually get the newspaper, which is unheard of. <laughs> What's a newspaper, people are saying? Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, so uh, Cam Newport has a very good blog. He's a deep work guy. And uh, one of the things uh, that he mentioned in a passing comment was how about getting the newspaper? And that's, so I get The Economist Weekly. Um, and yeah, I really like it. It shows me like what has happened and i i don't miss anything mm. well, i do miss things but it doesn't matter like, i get the, what's happened after it's happened not what's happening 
but what am I going to do with yeah. that information? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, except worry about it these days. Anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I get that. And I think I stopped getting newspapers and I, I keep promising myself I need to start getting a, a delivery of the newspaper to, you know, it's, 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 it's good just to have something in your hands sometimes, you know, just um, rather than having, like you said, constantly checking feeds or, yeah. So I think uh, newspapers are a good idea. So you've got Timely, you've got Hay, you've got Hay Focus, you've got a newspaper and you've got uh, a, a timer. So I've got you, the kitchen sink. You've yeah. got the kitchen sink. You're churning through the work by the sounds of it. That's good. That's great. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, not like I, it's not like I actually use all of those at the same time. They're just like things that are there, you know. Like these all th- and it ebbs and flows. I'm going to look at that timeula because that, that's to me, is a good, is a good idea. I'm going to look for that. So, Alex, what's, what's in, the, in the offing for... Um, for ellipsis what what's other than you, you you're hiring obviously that sounds like you're growing then right yeah yeah we uh doubled our revenue last year and we are going to try and do it again this year what well, we need more capacity to be able to do that and that's why we are hiring um we may need to hire someone else as well which would be cool that's going to let us do more stuff um and there's just more stuff i want to do i like i talked a lot about solving problems at the start i just like solving problems and there's more stuff i want to work on um and that is what drives the growth for me um we may stop when i like get get bored of solving problems or need to solve a different problem but uh for now there's just more i wanted to do and i think we can help our clients a lot more um so yeah that's our focus this year we're also uh trying to become a b corporation oh nice um, nice uh is a like voluntary standard for ethical businesses yeah i used to be long um, to a b corp all right yeah yes yeah, uh so far it's been hard <laughs> just a lot of requirements to meet um and we don't meet most of them right now but we're working on it. Hopefully we can do that this year. Um, and uh, that's just a nice external standard to adhere to. No, that's nice. It's good. And I think that growth, I like the, the idea of growth. That's the first thing. The second idea is, and I, I actually put out a podcast about problem solving the other day. I think, again, now more than ever, um, I think people want to work with people who solve problems as opposed to somebody coming up and saying, I can do SEO or I can do um, content or I can help you, your WordPress business to get better. But how can you do that? What, what, what problems am I having that you can solve? So I, I like, I like that, um, that approach, uh, Alex. And I mean, so before we wrap up then, um, one question that I usually ask is, What's the most, I mean, you work in co-working spaces when you can and you work at home. Are there any other sort of different types of spaces that you, you've worked in at all? Uh, really boring at this question. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, so I, I did try like traveling and working and I do love traveling. Um, and my wife and I go to a lot of places. I just found that I'm not good at work, mixing work and travel. So I don't. Um, I go to a 
so we're remote, but we meet up a couple of times a year. So like, uh, I, that maybe counts. <laughs> we went to the, we had a team meet up in the Netherlands, which was cool. Um, I had some fun uh, working from Arizona for a conference last year. Oh, okay. But it's not like I'm at the beach. <laughs> but I tell you what though, Alex, I mean, you see quite a lot of, I, I've said this before, you see a lot of videos on YouTube and across social media of these people living the laptop lifestyle with their, their, their laptop on their lap and from the beach or wherever. Yes, those people do exist because I've interviewed some and there's some really great people doing it. But I think those people, those gurus, make it look really easy, Look, make it look as though it's a walk in the park just to sort of rock up to the beach or to go to Arizona and just work from, from anywhere. It's not, it's not that easy. It's, 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 it requires planning in itself and requires coordinating especially if you've got a team yeah some people can do that i just personally can't i'm just like when i'm working i'm just on and i just need to be on or off for the yeah. work stuff i can't mix it yeah. if you can then like go for it and just make sure you get an app that gets your sound out your laptop <laughs> yeah well let's let, let's hope somebody invent something like that well, Alex, it's been great speaking to you. I want to wish you all the best with um, Ellipsis. And I would urge, as I said, everybody to get across or go across to Alex's website, which is getellipsis.com. Um, at the time of posting this, Alex is hiring. So I hope you get this message before, before, before um, I, I post, before he's not hiring. Um, so get across to uh, getellipsis.com. And Alex, uh, I just want to thank you for joining us on the podcast. And I want to just wish you all the best with uh, Ellipsis. Thanks so much. It's been really good. Speak to you soon. All right. Cheers.